consistency is the key is number one key um, without consistency you get very upset customers at times but you need to keep them happy I mean we have one paying paying your wages at the end of the day so well, I guess the best you keep them happy this is the deep in the weeds podcast I'm Anthony Huckstep As we've discussed a few times on Deep in the Weeds, regional dining is booming. And much like our main cities, the culinary landscape is being brought to life by those from rich cultures and with experiences from all over the globe. Ludo Bulaki is the head chef of Riverdeck Cafe in Albury, regional New South Wales. Ludo, how are you? Very good, thank you, Huck. How are you? I'm good. It's good to have you on the show. What, what's the situation at the moment? There's been sort of floods all over the country of late, and I know you've been closed for a little bit. But what's happening with the water and, and the restaurant? Well, the, the water for Banks of Murray has broken, and we are situated, situated in a park. Um, so the water's been rising and cut off our main access to the restaurant. Um, and, yeah, we've been shut for... Going on three weeks now, and for well, we don't know how long it's going to be for. It might be two or three more weeks to go, um, weather depending, obviously. And yeah, see, pretty much just wait, just waiting game at the moment. Well, there's been all sorts of things impacting your business over the last couple of years, as as for many. Um, what sort of impact is this having on on your job and, and the restaurant? Well, I guess for for the job I mean for mental um, mental um, pretty much um, capabilities for, for the staff it's pretty much just keeping in touch with them and making sure everyone is alright um, in terms of business well yes we do have the insurance kicking in but it's a long process um, but yeah just to get rid of the stock to start again from scratch in another four weeks right, that's pretty much very daunting um, we actually were flooded like five years ago. Um, so yeah, completely water rose above a meter. Um, so we had to use kayaks to go to the restaurant, to check on the restaurant. Yes. Um, that was interesting times. And, and yeah, again, again, we've, um, always, um, wet phenomenon and it does seems to be happening again. So yeah, we just need to wait and see pretty much now. Um, how did you end up in, in Wal- Albury? Um, well, I came over from, um, from England from a, with a Sofitel, um, and I got a transfer to come, come and run number 35 in the city. Um, and, um, uh, and yeah, I was here for, for three years contract. And then pretty much I met my partner after two and a half and never left Australia. And yeah, so I mean, obviously being, I live in Beechworth now, so which is about 40 minutes from, from Albury. Um, and that's how I ended up in regional Victoria, pretty much. Tell us a little bit about what it's like um, living there and, and running a restaurant. Um, I think regional regional countries have a lot to offer in terms of um, abundance of good produced farmers um, and connect to, to connect to the earth. Also, visiting farms and know, knowing what you're putting on your plate. Um, 
I like it um, being regional. Um, it's, it's more of a life balance um, for me. Um, and also being a dad, I get to spend more time with the kids also after work instead of being being stuck behind a stove all, all day or night. But so you have you have a good balance of balance of hours and and life at the end of the day. You briefly mentioned that you came to Australia from London, but take us back to before that time. Take us back to when you were young. What, what sort of role did food play in your family? Um, I guess mum and dad were pretty good cooks. You know, um, I um, I grew up with like my grandma doing all her food on just wood fire and the smell, you know, going to a house, the smell and all the, all the dishes being like smoked dishes were fantastic. Um, and also, you know, dad, mom used, used to cook pretty much from, I mean, living back in Mauritius, I used to have like fresh fish, lobsters, crabs just coming into the house, pretty much like um, venison and leg, just, you know, being freshly hunted um, and, just just cook with that pretty much so yeah pretty much the sort of that's where it started um yeah are there any sort of feasts or uh, dishes that you remember from your time when you were young oh pretty much i mean um dad used to put like a whole suckling pig on the barbecue sometimes sometimes burn it and you know sometimes like Oh, yeah. Well, I was like, oh, it's burned, Dad. But, you know, it's like, oh, well, it is better when it's burned. So just eat, keep eating. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, like wild boar. Um, wild boar was pretty much, um, Dad used to hunt also. So wild boar was something we had very often, um, you know, even in a stew or just on, on top of a barbecue or just grill as it is. Um, so, yeah, it was um, pretty much like a, not a feast, just like a regular, like sort of chicken for us down there um, at the time. Um, and rabbit also used to hunt, um, used to go rabbit hunting. And then, yes, yeah, pretty much just like a lot, lot of barbecue food, really, um, back in when I was a kid. So that sort of, you know, maybe kicked in in sort of thinking, well, maybe or not, I was going to be a chef. I wouldn't have a clue, but yeah, it just came up like that pretty much. Yeah. What were your first steps into the industry? Do you have any stories of that time? Yeah, I um, well, I went to I went to pretty much boarding school to finish my studies in England, um, and then after that, uh, I went to do an apprenticeship from from TAFE um, back in the UK. Um, started at the um, at the Claridges, um and uh, well, it was a year and a half of, you know, just peeling potatoes, peeling onions, turning turning potatoes, and, you know, all those little jobs that, you know, apprentices start with. Um, and then it was pretty much from there. Um, you know, I went, to, I went to a little competition where um, I got picked up from, like I won a, a competition then just pretty much just got transferred to well I did apply for the work and then um, Albert Rue at the time who was still alive um, just pretty much approached me and said oh would you like to come and work with me um, and then that's that's how it started and 
up to up to now, I'm still in touch with his well, his writing man was his writing man. But yeah, I've got some. I did work for Albert for quite a long time. Um, doing we see going to Amsterdam, Ascot races. Um, but yeah, I was very privileged to actually meet him and work with him um, for a long, long time. Do you have any stories of the connections you made or some of the um, dinners that you put on? Oh yeah, I've got quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, I was I was called the golden boy back in the days because we say he used to come in. I mean, uh, I was a sous chef at uh, at his one of his restaurants, and um, he used to come in and he wouldn't call to anyone. So can I speak? He used to call me Lulu. So he used to say, oh, can I speak to Lulu? And he was like, oh well, I need my breakfast now. So it was. Three scrambled eggs, a ton of ton of butter and cream, and you know, very very luxury scrambled eggs. And if it was if it wasn't right, well, I would hear about it for a week. Um, but yeah, it was always you know always to the point with me. Even you know on the in the main kitchen, sometimes he used to come in with his um, with his walking stick, and any mistakes I did was just be a poke in the ribs, so I could learn the hard way and look it was good experience um it was just a yes chef and move on from my mistakes and you know if it's not seasoned enough well i would have been yelled at so many times but you know you learn from your mistakes and you know um but look i mean the experience i had with him was second to none and i have no regrets working for him at all even though it was the hardest years of my career um but you know, loved every minute of it. Even when I did a, um, and I work at, I did do some work at the Gavroche also for his son, um, and that was fantastic. Also, um, well, the son was a bit, a bit um, better in terms of um, softer than than my dad, which was a good thing. But you know, it was a good experience too at the end of the day. When you first arrived in Melbourne. Was it was it quite different to what you were used to? Are you surprised by the dining landscape? Um, y- yes, I mean the was the atmosphere was more relaxed in terms of um, what was expected. I thought it was going to be very hard, but um, when I got when I got there, um, it was in a transition of changing from. Um, Restaurant used to be called Cafila back in the days to number thirty-five, so that was a brand change. Um, and um, and yeah, it was it was well, I guess it was very smooth in terms of operation and expectation. It was more, um, you know, just just getting into the rhythm of things, really, and making sure you do your stuff properly, not not too much um, too much pressure. Um, I mean, restaurant was reputed for the view. So, uh, you know, um, and when we had to turn that around in terms of good food also, um, but it was, it was a good experience, you know, um, no issues at all. So, and I did enjoy it. The Stanley um, Gastro Pub in, uh, in Victoria was your first head chef gig. What, what was that like stepping into that role and, and creating your own food in that environment? Oh, it was great. Um, I believe that, um, it was a good change for me. Um, well, we we moved we moved here because um, my partner is from here, um, and um, 
and uh, pretty much, yeah, it was it was good. Um, I mean, I managed pretty much after six months, I managed to get fourteen point five in a good food guide straight away. And then for me, uh, pretty much, you know, everyone was like back in the days was um, Larissa Dubicki, I think she was the editor of a good food guide. Uh, met her a couple of times. And still, still up today, we're still in touch with each other. Um, and um, yeah, that was was a good thing, you know. Introducing locally produce, we had a, I had a um, garden also at the at the Stanley. So grew up, grew up, did some foraging, which the pine forest was next door to us. Um, had a berry farm and over, you know, local producers and f- just people from a from a house garden just turning up with buckets of limes and lemons and apples and whatnot. So yeah, that was really an abundance of produce around here. So that was fantastic to just cook with whatever was there around and not not buying over 300Ks radius. As you mentioned, you did um, capture the sort of attention of the food media. Tell us a bit about the food that you were cooking there. Oh, I guess um, it's um, it was pretty... My pretty much my philosophy was not comp- not complicated. Just keep it easy, full of flavors. Um, and let's see, with twists of modern modern techniques, but keep it simple. Um, mm. Yes, yeah, so, and then pretty much the media just kept following, but um, until until pretty much the you know all my career up, up to now, pretty much you know. A lot of your career in Australia has been in um, regional Victoria. Now, tell us about, the, you know, some of the influences and the connections and the important venues that you've been part of. Well, I did. Um, well, I guess regional Victoria is where I was based after I left the city. Um, being in regional Victoria sort of opened a lot of doors for me. Um, you know, I did a, did a bit at. Prime Brothers, um, at uh, Sam Miranda Winery, um, and then um, in the, after that, I moved to I moved to Etrica, um, where I got offered to to run to run a very good restaurant um, and to be part owner also of a restaurant, um, which was back in the days called Oscar W's, um, and where I got my chef hat back in two thousand and fourteen. Um, and then, unfortunately, a restaurant got shut after a couple of years because um, of the erosion happening. So, and then pretty much, yeah, well, I came back home, which is Beatro for me. And and then, yeah, there on, I've been at Rivideck since. And, yeah, it's just been fantastic, pretty, pretty much. Regional Victoria all all up. How, how did the gig at uh, Rivideck come about? Well, I was... Um, I was leave pretty much after, as soon as I, I gave my resignation like like we all do, and I uh, pretty much putting my CV back on sake, um, halfway through the Hume Highway, um, and I got a phone call from from my actual boss, and then you know it was like, oh, do you mind driving to Albury to have an interview? So I went there, and after a few hours after the interview, you know, I got the job straight away. So. You know, but it was it was as simple as that. No, it wasn't it wasn't complicated. Um, so yeah, it was a good timing, I guess. The moment just presented itself, and you know, I mean, since 
I guess there's, there's a lot of people that knows me in uh, one industry and around. So it was pretty much a safe phone call to see how how I was and how I worked and job done pretty much. But I'm I'm very privileged to have to have been offered the job, and I'm still proud of it. Really, it's it's a really uh, unique um, part of Australia. There, just on the sort of New South Wales Victorian border, um, are there a couple of producers you can tell us about that you've of the region that you've sort of used and have connections with? Um, well, we work closely with. Um, is it um, Murray Pure Beef, um, who does local, um, who's obviously on the, uh, on the Upper Murray. And um, we we do represent some of some of the cuts of, I mean, cuts of meat and lamb and goat. We work very closely with them. Um, before COVID hit, um, we actually hosted the degustation lunches for um, people traveling back and forth from you know China, Hong Kong, Indo- Indonesia. We used to come in for business meeting, had a few courses, meal, and then went back on the tour. Um, in terms of producers, we work um, we work alongside also um, a little farm called Alma Organics, which grows their vegetables and fruits, um, and then we use that in the restaurant also. Um, um, yeah, there's, there's quite a bit of also producers that we use um, and I keep well in touch with them. Like the eggs we use at the cafe, uh, I know, um, we, we are fully organic um, and also, you know, working with them, what we want, what size we want and the chicken also, which sometimes we use comes from the same farm. Um, just to make it more sustainable for for everyone, really, to you know where your where your food comes from. Also, you're so involved with a, a bit of foraging. What's what's available in the sort of local um, area in regards to that? Well, we do have a lot of pine mushroom around here, um, and also the morels. That obviously that's going to kick in September, which you know, I mean, as far as as far as foraging concern, everyone keep their own secrets, secret pa- p- patches around. You know, no one shares their secret spots. Um, but yeah, morals coming up. Um, I mean, you don't get probably get about a kilo a year. That's quite enough. Um, I mean, pine mushroom is quite a lot, um, and uh, wild berries. There's a lot of wild ber- blackberries in the bushes in in summer um so yeah it's pretty much like that sort of jam scenario um or even with um some game in summer um there's a lot um there's also um obviously there's foraging i can say in terms of you know um like um food tucker um you know indigenous foods around um which um, it's a learning curve at the moment because there's so much around here, and um, well, it's just a, sort of picking up the right the right thing to use. Um, and, you know, just just at the creek, really. There's you know, it's like there's so many creeks here. You can find mint or watercress or any herbs growing along the creek. So yeah, um, it's pretty much just very abundant of anything around here. You just need to know your spots where to go. You know, how about you cooking these days? Do you do you have a dish or two on the menu that you can tell us about that sort of 
exemplifies what you're doing in Albury? Yeah, sure. Um, well, we use, um, I, I like using, um, um, obviously, Murray code because we're based next to Murray, but with see Murray code, we use comes from um, Griffith um, from Akuna Farm. Um, and uh, it's pretty much using the whole of the, the Murray um, on, on the dish. Uh, with, um, you got your your fish and then from the bones, we get it roasted. Um, and from the fat, we just render the fat completely and use that in, in, in terms of um, cooking oil. Um, so at the end of the day, he had, he had a whole dish on the plate, which is just probably 80% of the cod and then 20% just some, some garnishes and vegetables. But yeah, we do use quite a lot of um, using the whole, the whole animal in terms of, you know, like I, I like showing my chefs how to do everything from scratch so we know um, what to do. And, you know, it's not for my benefits, for their benefit and their future, as in, you know, learning is, I mean, you always learn, you keep learning every day at the end of the day. You've had real success in regional Australia. But what's the key to getting a venue right um, in the regions? Um, consistency is the key. It's number one key. Um, without consistency, yes, you got very. You do get very upset customers at times, but you need to keep them happy. I mean, we have one paying paying your wages at the end of the day. So, well, I guess the best. You keep them happy, the better it is. And also consist- with consistency comes, you know, awards and everything. And, you know, I mean, I think last year, the year before, we scored um, Best Tourism Regional res- um, Restaurant in New South Wales. Um, yeah, so, and then this year, again, we're going, we're heading up to Sydney on the, in September for um like we found this again for best regional restaurant in uh, tourism, and a um, couple of couple of uh, other things also. So which is which is which is a good thing, you know. It just comes in, you know, um, just comes in as as it goes. The last couple of years have um, offered a lot of adversity for everyone, and you've got the challenges at the moment with the rising borders and the and the rest access to the restaurant. Have, have there been some positives and changes that you've implemented as a result of the last couple of years? Yeah, there've been a few. There've been a few positive. Where, um, you know, I was, like say for the last two, one. I mean, over here there was border restrictions, um, so I was the only one um, who wasn't allowed across the border because I lived. Um, I live more than a thirty k radius from. Um, so my chefs had to take over for me, um, and well, I guess not being there for eight months of a year was a big thing, um, and it was all done by you know phone and talking to them every day and, and nurturing them. So it was really interesting. We have restaurant in New South Wales were still open, and restaurants in Victoria were shut down completely. Um, so for for that amount of time, it was just by phone and being you know hundred percent confident on them um, that we knew what we're doing and you know and nurturing them over the phone and you know lots of good things happened. We had to step up in terms of you know stepping up a game and you know like chef is not here, so we have to 
how to make sure everything is all right and just do do as do as if chef was there. I mean, day in day out. Um, so yeah, that was a good thing. Um, but we sort of stepped up, um, and um, you know, and I'm proud of proud of the team. I'm I'm wave now, you know, because they sort of we we went from from not being not being um, confident when when I was in there to being really confident and still still carrying on to today. Delegation and and getting other people to um, take the lead with roles that you know you might be familiar with or want to be doing that's that's quite challenging for people especially expressing um their sort of message on the plate in food did did this change that was sort of forced upon you did it change the way that you operate and think about your role in hospitality um no it didn't change because um i mean when i when we sort of develop a menu i'll get everyone on board um we all give ideas and we all sit down together and it's pretty much a team effort putting putting up dishes and it's not only one person um one person menu and uh from there pretty much we sit down we sort of do the dish together and then we everyone knows what what's expected of them but in um i mean yeah it changed a bit in terms of them making you know like obviously some you know like special dishes or their their input on the menu which i was like look i'm not going to be here so you guys take over and um, let me know what you're doing and look the pictures that sort of came out from them um you know was was very very impressive and good and um you know and i was like yep i think you guys are ready if you want to move on you know and now some of them moved on after covid and uh to run their own kitchens and you know, which which is which is a good thing at the end of the day. You know, we were ready to go, so you keep pushing them up for a bit, and then yeah, everyone is ready to move on after that. So it's 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 safe. I mean, you know, you can't keep people there all all um, for for ten years, twenty years. It doesn't work like this in hospitality, unfortunately. We're moving towards spring and then summer, and um, a lot of people travel during that time. I know you've got the problems with the rising water at the moment, but what what are you expecting in the next couple of months with with the venue in the region? Well, we um, venue in the region. Well, obviously after after the floods, we'll be we'll be kicking back on um, pretty hard, and um, yeah, we're just waiting for for the obviously for water to go and um i mean in terms of in terms of um venue consistency well we try we'll try and try and uh, get as um as many people in um and yeah we do get a lot of people traveling on the hume to to the place um which is a good spot a great spot to be in summer and spring because mm. we're actually just on the verge of a murray river yeah, uh, a beautiful park, and um, you know, and uh, which yeah, we try and do our best to pretty much recoup whatever we lost. Really, we've made an extraordinary impact uh, in uh, regional Australia for for many years now. What do you love about what you do? Um, I love the um, I love cooking. That's for sure, um, and um, obviously, still, still do after so many years. Um, it's um it's a different sort of vibe working in a highly pressured environment um which i do i do love and um 
you know, this is, um, it's more about, you know, being consistent day in, day out and meeting people, diff seeing different, different items coming into your, into your kitchen and, you know, uh, producers coming in um, and, you know, just different people ways of thinking, you know, that's, you know, which is, which is great. Well, uh, Luno, it's uh, amazing to get you on Deep in the Weeds to hear just a bit of your story. Um, good luck with the months ahead and um, hopefully we can catch up again soon. Okay, thank you, Huck. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.